I just want to give a huge thank you to everyone who supported our podcast this month. We've been trying to encourage people to support the show however they like, whether that's sharing a link, subscribing on your podcast player of choice, uh, liking our social media, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, or if you're feeling generous enough to uh, support us uh, through our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash witchpolice. So we've actually had quite a few new people signing up, uh, you know, to give a dollar or two a month uh, out of their pocket to help us uh, pay for the cost of operating the show, which is fantastic. So a huge thank you to everyone who's uh, signed up as a patron and everyone who was a patron before as well. Uh, but a special shout out to uh, Anthony Velade and Omar Kinnerath, and I sincerely hope I'm pronouncing these names properly. I know Omar has been on the show before, but Anthony, if I screwed up your last name, I'm sorry. So thank you very much for, for, for all of you. Uh, we've also had some anonymous members who choose to donate uh, without any rewards, without getting named on the show or on the website, and uh, those are huge as well. So um, again, the show is always going to be free, but if you feel like supporting us, uh, you can do that without paying any money, or you can support us on Patreon. And again, that's patreon.com witchpolice. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to special uh, patron-only posts, which include content from live episodes and, and other things like that, bonus content. Any money raised from the Patreon goes towards operating costs like, uh, you know, web hosting, uh, upgrading equipment, gas to get from uh, place to place to do these interviews every week, and it's all extremely appreciated. So thank you very much to everyone who's helped out. If you want to help our friends in 3 raise money for their upcoming European tour, head down to the Goodwill on April 27th at 9pm for the European Tour Fundraiser. Winnipeg's best rap group is performing, along with Marisol Nagash and Gabriela Osejo, and Samurai Champs from Regina. For ticket information, visit www.eventbrite.com. And wait for a special episode with Repeat coming next week. This week's episode of Witch Police Radio is brought to you by the Park Theatre's Prairie Diva Presents Spring Fever, Burlesque Fusion Cabaret. The event happens Friday, April 27th at 9pm and includes a variety of performances including sexy dancing, classic burlesque, pole dancers, contortionists, singers, and more. Tickets are $25 in advance or $30 at the door. You're listening to Garbage Hill, Winnipeg's first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm your regular host, Sam, and I'm here with two, what is it, two-fifths? Yes. Of uh, Hay Fever. So thanks for having me, and I think the best way to get things started with, you know, two people in the room is just identify who you are, what you do in the band, and we'll go from there. Sure. I'm Zoria Gervais. I am the lead singer and songwriter in the band, and I also play a little bit of fiddle. Cool. Uh, my name is Greg Hay. I put the hay in hay fever. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, I play a bunch of instruments. I play uh, some banjo, mandolin, dobro, cool. a little bit of fiddle. And who are we missing? We are missing um, Mason Melly, who is the other lead singer, and he's our guitar player. Okay. And we're missing Amina Bajer-Kulak. She's our fiddle player. She also plays banjo. Both of them are off on amazing vacations. Like in Australia, away from Spain, here. right now. Oh. <laughs> well, and she's in Spain. Yeah, she's in Spain. Yeah, and um, Maddie Hildebrand, who's our bass player. Okay, okay. And uh, you just released your first album, yes. which I guess is the, the most exciting thing going on right now, right? It that, is definitely. That, uh, at the time of recording this, it was I guess a few weeks ago that, that it mm-hmm. officially came out. So, how long had you been working on that record between you know starting out and then actually getting it released uh, recently? Some of those songs we wrote like back when we first started. 
And so they've been around for, I guess, like a few years now that we've kind of been working on them and fine-tuning okay. what we wanted to do with them. Um, and then, like, one of the songs we literally put together, like, a couple weeks before we recorded. So there's a, a pretty wide range there. Okay, okay. And how long has the band actually been a unit? I think I read something on the internet saying it was 2015. Yeah. That you kind of, was that the whole group, too, or was that something separate um, that No, evolved? that was kind of when we first started out. So when we first started out, it was um, Maddie and myself and Greg... Um, came very shortly after. Okay. And then Greg brought in Mason, and so there was the four of us, and we kind of went through some different fiddle players until we found Amina, and she's stuck. So, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah but the four of us were pretty much. I mean, other than a couple of a couple of rehearsals, <laughs> the four of us were were pretty much together right from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And was it always Hay Fever, or was it were there different bands? Prior that led into this one. No, uh, you know this is this is actually well, I don't know for you guys, but this is the first band I've played in. Okay, yes, okay. me too, Greg. Really? Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was it was funny because I mean I I took uh, I took an interest in in bluegrass music when I first moved to Winnipeg. Okay. I bought a banjo and you know decided to to learn to play it. I bought a mandolin, decided to learn to play it, and. Uh, and after a little while, I quit uh, just for fun. My my wife, she uh, she lives on a on a farm. Okay. They have a tractor there, and so I, as my Facebook profile, yep. I put uh, I took a, had her take a picture of me uh, sitting on the on the uh, on the tractor with my banjo. Oh, right on. So that was my profile pic, and I think that's basically that was a selling I, feature. I remember, <laughs> I remember that Greg had a banjo in his profile picture. Right. We'd done an opera together. He played. Viola, okay. And I, okay. I was singing, and that was how we met. And. Um, yeah, and then months later, I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy plays banjo." <laughs> oh yeah, and so. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was a little, uh, a little trepid at first, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't really do this, but you know, let's let's see what happens. Well, you're in a photo doing it, so let's see. You know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's that's actually really cool. It's interesting. It's supposed to be your first band because uh, I mean, listening to it, the CD, it sounds extremely polished. I mean, you know. Obviously, that's what you want in any kind of band, but a lot, a lot of local albums well, are... Well, it's, it's you know, not entirely true. I mean, my other band is the Winnipeg Symphony, so... Right, which is considerably <laughs> so, more polished, I guess, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the first band, you know, like, with... with of this nature, yeah. Type, yeah. You know, okay. Like, okay. So, it's not like, you know, we're sort of coming into this never having played with other Of course, of course, yeah. Anymore. No, we've done a lot of playing with musicians, but it's always been in, like, a formal setting. Okay. You know, this was the first time where... Like me personally, I had taken songs that I'd written okay. and presented them to other musicians and kind of had people jam on you know my tunes. Right. That was always something I had kept to myself with my songwriting, so it was pretty cool. I, doing this show, I've been doing it for about six years now, and so I've talked to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds mm -hmm. and various types of music, and it almost seems like you guys are doing it backwards, because <laughs> most people I know, uh, most people I've talked to have started off playing in some punk band or something, and then you know eventually they kind of move on to more formal things if they do that at all, but this is yeah. the complete reverse. I mean, not that you're a punk band, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. a more, uh, what would the word be? Um, well, it's not pop music either, but it's more informal. <laughs> yes, informal. I guess is probably the best way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Well, like I, I don't know. I can't speak for Greg, but for myself, being raised as a classically trained musician, there's always a very set idea of like when you play music with people, you've practiced your parts very right. well ahead of time. You get together, you play exactly what's on the page. You know, you wouldn't get together to play with somebody poorly. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. You wouldn't be like, let's try this, you know, let's figure these notes out. There's an element of that once you're a professional musician, sure. you're yeah. working together, like, you know, in a chamber music setting. But 
it's totally different than when you're bringing a brand new song and you're yeah. bringing it to life, which is super fun. Well, yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a very different skill set, you know. Oh yeah, I bet yeah. yeah. As uh, as a classical musician, you know, my responsibility, you know, as a you know, I'm one of of eight uh, violists. Okay. And we um, our job is basically to sound exactly like one another, you know. Sure. You know, and that the, the best product is when when we're all playing exactly the same way. Uh, and, it, you know, it, to some people it can feel a little bit robotic, you know, right. like you're, you're being told how to play. Um, and, uh, but, you know, at the same time, there's a, there's, there's a, a, um, a very satisfying, um, it's, it's satisfying to be part of something, you know, large in sure. that way and to yeah. contribute it, you know. But, but at the same time, there's not a whole lot of room for creativity, you know, like you... You're doing you, what you're told to do, that's and right, so is everyone exactly. else. Right? You yeah, have, yeah. you know, you have the conductor telling you to play one way. You have your section leader who's, you know, giving you other, uh, other, you know, ideas on, on yeah. how to do it. So, um, so when you come into a setting like this, you know, there's there's no music in front of you. You know, yeah. and I actually made a point of, you know, when I started playing this music, I told myself I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play from. You know, from from written scores. Right. You know, I'm going to take it in the you know in the in the in the tradition, and so you know, I never you know, I never I never write anything down. Is there <laughs> the case for both of us? Because when I write the songs, I never notate okay. them. Okay. Okay. Which again is totally against everything that I've ever. Is made. there a learning curve for that? Like to figure out how to just how to do that after being so trained to do it well, the formal way. Well, not really. Like for it's just it's using your skills differently. Right. right? So, um, like for me, I have a lot of fun writing at the piano and just figuring out the chords and playing something you're like, oh, I like the way that sounds. What is that chord? Right. You know, figuring out, you know, and just writing F minus seven or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of figuring out, you know, what the actual notes and rhythms that I'm singing. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I think I have a relatively, you know, well sort of developed ear for picking up tunes, but there are definitely, you know, like I think Amina, who's, uh, you know, um, a much more uh, folk, Sort of trained musician. Okay. I think she picks it, oh, picks the yeah. tunes up way faster than I do. Just from know. experience of yeah, being you know, yeah. just she's doing it all the time. She's learning, you know, new tunes. Uh, you know, for me, I'm sort of relying on a sort of set of skills that that was kind of developed in a very different, right. different way and in a very different setting. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it is it it is a very different uh, skill set, and it's it's, it's coming. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Well, that, that, that formal background actually maybe explains something that I was thinking while I was listening to the album. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's so many offshoot genres of, of roots, country folk, all those things kind of fall into the same general area. And there's a big scene for all of that in Winnipeg. I mean, there's so many country bands. There's maybe not as many bluegrass bands specifically, but there's, you know, people doing roots things, acoustic folk. But it's yeah. all very popular here. And my experience has been that a lot of the local artists who do that and do it well have some kind of... I don't know how to explain it. There's some kind of edge to it that is almost almost like they're a punk edge to it where it's kind of rough and it's intentionally like kind of raw and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have the complete opposite sound there as well where everything sounds very pure and, and like... Uh, Did well, I say careful, man? <laughs> right, 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 right. So that, I was going to ask where that comes from, but that might, might explain it that you have that background where... That, that you're used to doing everything exactly the way it's written, right? I mean, and so you're bringing obviously some of that to, is that fair to say? That that's... Yeah, the choices are very intentional. Yeah. When we make music, we are generally being very specific about the sound we want when we want it. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if we said this already, but three of us are have a have classical 
uh, classical uh, music background. Right. So, you know, Zore is a professional singer and, and, and plays violin as well. Uh, Maddie, our bass player, she's a, a classical pianist. Okay. Um, and phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal she's player. A soloist for Philip Glass. Yeah. Oh, well, and, uh, NMF. The yeah. recent thing that just happened? Yeah. Well, yeah. Nice. You know, like, That's incredible. Played yeah. on, you know, solo. I, it was, I was so impressed. She, she was on stage at the concert hall. Place was packed. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely. her on stage, you know. We're like, woohoo, that's our bass player. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, yeah, and then, of course, my, you know, my background with the symphony as well. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, but you know, and but what's great is having you know having two other musicians who don't have that background, right. um, you know, bringing mm-hmm. something completely different totally. and forcing us, you know, maybe sometimes out, out of out of our out of our comfort zones. Um, you know, Mason in particular, who uh, um, his uh, his songwriting style is very it's it's very different from you know from uh, from Zori, and I think part of that sort of comes from. From his untrained background, right. uh, where you know it's very lyrically driven, uh, you know when and I don't want to generalize too much, yeah, but yeah. you know when but when I most of the tunes that 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 Zori brings to the table, they they they're very well structured, very well organized, right. you know, like eight bar phrase followed by another eight bar phrase, um, and uh, but when you know when Mason brings a song to the table, it's 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 completely different, you know. Like there'll there'll be a you know a bar of three four, right. uh, five, you know, four. Or, or five four, right, right, you know, right. a couple of beats thrown in or taken away here or there. Yeah. You know, it's like the 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 second time the the verse comes, there might be you know an extra line or something. Right. It's very you know very un, un, unstructured and. And I, I, it makes it exciting, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, it's cool very, to have both in the same. That's exactly yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly it. And Mason totally brings, when like to my songs that I write, yeah, uh, like totally unorthodox ideas. You know, like I'll have a really kind of standard chord progression. I'll be like, "What if we do this, guys?" Right. And things that I would never have yeah. thought of. And I'm like, "Yeah, man, that sounds cool." Yeah. And so, sometimes it works, sometimes and sometimes works. you're like, "No, yeah. right, no, it really doesn't." <laughs> but it's great to have that set of ears that right. hears outside the box. Sure, yeah, that's right. And so you're not all doing things the same way, too, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can take weird tangents and yeah, things totally. like that. That's cool. <laughs>
got worse. We poked around and we stole a verse from some old familiar dream. We pulled some colors to paint a scene of summertime. Till we changed our mind. Well, I can't see it out from where I sit. Bottom my ass, mad about it. But never mind, it's okay. The last thing I'll ever do is stand in your way. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, there's a very kind of strong scene for uh, it's just called roots music, I guess, in general in Winnipeg. Uh, where do you think you fit into that? Like, are you are the members of the group kind of been involved in that scene prior to starting this band, or is it sort of just now suddenly you're launched into this community that exists? I think the only one of us who's been part of it is Amina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like she, she's the daughter of Danny Kulak. Okay. The name sounds familiar. I yeah. Think, yeah. So he's yeah. played with tons of different roots and folk bands, okay. like okay. all over. Um, so she is, yeah, she's definitely part of that. She's very tapped into that scene. Yeah, but we're not so much. So it's been it's been fun. It's been yep. a learning curve for all of us. Mason's been in bands before, which, again, was a bonus for us. He knew how to work a microphone. Right, right. None of us knew how to do right. it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's been it's been really cool. I've met a lot of really interesting people yeah. through this. And, you know, musicians are amazing. It's so fascinating to see what other musicians are doing. Absolutely. And, to kind of hear what comes out of Winnipeg is it's always cool. So. Have you found it very welcoming? Yeah. Yeah, like people are people are cool with the fact that you're newcomers to the... Because yeah. it's a very tight-knit scene within the larger scene, which is also tight-knit, right? So. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the, the one thing that I will say is I... And this is my own, you know, insecurities coming right. up. But, you know, like, sometimes I feel like a poser. You know, like, I feel like, <laughs> like I don't belong in right. the scene, you know? Like, and people sort of roll their eyes like, oh, he's, you know, he's obviously a classic. Just, you know, and I don't think that that's... Uh, you know, like I'd like to think that that's probably not uh, what people are, right. you know, are, are, are thinking. But uh, but uh, there's there's definitely sort of that sense because of you know because of the background that we come sure. from. Uh, there's uh, you know, and, and my my experience too is that I think uh, because our our worlds are are so different, the classical world from you know from from the I guess non-classical yeah. right. any other sort of genre of music for that matter. Um, because they're so different, uh, I think we, you know, we as classical musicians have such tremendous respect for, you know, for people that, that do this music that, you know, yeah. that, that is, is so foreign to us. And I think it works both ways, you know, like I think that, that uh, you know, a lot of musicians um, who do things that I can't even imagine doing, they look at, you know, at, at some of the things that we do on stage yeah. and, you know. They're blown and, away, can't figure out how yeah, you do it. Yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. like from a technical, you know, sort of standpoint sure. where, you know, we've locked ourselves in practice rooms for, you know. Months on end or everything. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know. Years, yeah. Years, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but you know, but it's it's hard to, to, to shake that, you know, when I when I see a real bluegrass player, right. you know, like come into a, to the bar when I'm, you know, sort of faking my way on the banjo, it's, yeah. uh, it's you know, those insecurities definitely okay. come out. What is it about bluegrass specifically? I mean, you know, as people who obviously have musical talent and they're well-trained and all that background, what drew you to bluegrass of all the things you could have picked? <laughs> well, I can't say for Greg, but for myself, one of the things that really appealed to me was the fact that it's a primarily acoustic genre. Right. Because I play an acoustic instrument as a fiddler, and I can sing acoustically, and I was like, okay, if I'm going to be in a band, right. let's do something that at least I have a little bit of an idea of what I'm doing. Okay. 
Um, and then just from that, I really love bluegrass. I love listening to bluegrass and, you know, the melodies yeah. are so awesome. And I love the harmonies. I'm, I do a lot of choral singing. So something about bluegrass harmonies just like yeah, they're hit me every time, cool, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I think that's why I loved it. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's probably a very similar answer for me. Um, you know, like I, um, you know, as a professional violist or violinist, you know, like I already had, you know, the, the sort of the technical, uh, yeah. the technical chops, you know, like as a, as a, you know, as a fiddle player. Um, but I actually, I wanted to learn, um, I wanted to learn a new instrument because I didn't want to have all the, all of the, the baggage of, you know, of, of classical sort of music right. behind it, you know, where, you know, every time I pick up the, you know, the, the, the violin, you know, you, I, I already have sort of a, a preset sort of idea. You lock into it, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and initially for me that, I, you know, like I thought, you know, like if I, if I learned to play like the, the banjo or the mandolin, you know, like yeah. I'm starting from a completely different point. Uh, Still a stringed you know. instrument, but a different. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I had sort of the, 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 the left hand dexterity right. you know, uh, to, to be able to, to, to learn the instrument relatively quickly. Um, but, um, but what's sort of, what I think has happened for me is, um, I, uh, I've kind of, I've hit sort of this, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would call it a plateau, but, but I sort of feel like I've sort of, I've, I've, I've reached a certain point with these, with these instruments where, um, I'm really going to have to put in a lot of, a lot of time now just to, to sort of get to that next level. Okay. And in some ways, I think, oh, it'd just be a lot easier if I reverted to, to doing more bluegrass fiddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, because I already, you know, again, I sort of have that. Yeah. Uh, um, so, but yeah, I mean, that was sort of what sort of initially, I think, sort of drew me to to this desire to, to learn something something different. Um, you know, and, and there's an element in, in bluegrass that is appealing because it's very, you know, it's very virtuosic. You know? Right. Like you listen well, you can have extended banjo solos for that's 10 minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. And, and I think that was, that was definitely one thing that sort of appealed to me. Okay. Um, the although, potential to do that? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, to have something really just to strive for. Um, that uh, it's it's my I think my my thoughts on that has changed a little bit as as, as we've gone, <laughs> gone maybe I've, maybe I've given up a little bit you know and I think you know like as a band too you know we started out um, I would I would I'm reluctant these days to call ourselves a bluegrass band okay. because I mean if you listen to our our album I would say that there's no bluegrass on that right. album uh, there's we maybe have one one or two sort of gospel type um, yeah yeah tunes but uh, but there's no real sort of straight up uh, bluegrass. Uh, Do you think it's just bluegrass is the label you use because of the instrumentation? It kind of yeah. fits. Yeah, the yeah absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, like the, our live shows, we still do bluegrass. Yeah, we do. You know, like and it, it really gets the the audiences. You know, they 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 love when we break out into Fox on the Run. Yeah. Or, sure. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of the the, the the real standards. And and I think one of our one of our strong points too is is our vocal um, vocal harmonies. You know, like we've got right. um, we've got three. You know. Three women who who all have background in choral singing, right. you know, and that's that's a big part of bluegrass. You know, there's those, For sure, there's yeah. those tight harmonies. Yeah. Um, so so it's that's as much of a hallmark of the sound as the banjo solos are. That's, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's that's yeah. exactly it. So um, so I mean, we're still I think drawn to that music to to some degree, but um, but we I think I think our I think some of our sort of strongest. Um, assets as a as a band mm -hmm. uh, are 
our our songwriting with with you know with Dory and Mason okay. and uh, and the the bluegrass tradition maybe doesn't sort of come out quite as much in in, in that music. What do you, uh, I, I hate asking this question because it's horrible no matter what kind of music you play, but <laughs> a, 
if, you, if bluegrass isn't the label, how do you how would you define it then? Because uh, I mean, and genres are hard because there's so many subgenres or subgenres or subgenres, and you can call yourself like post bluegrass core or whatever. Right? I mean, there's anything. Right? But like, is there a way? Do you just consider it folk music then? If bluegrass is kind of not I, necessarily I mean, I like there, I the label roots. Because yeah. I mean, that's a fairly it's a fairly all encompassing. Right. And I think we um, Mason and I both draw a lot of our songwriting ideas from roots traditions. Okay. Like. I really like music from the Mississippi Delta. You right. Know, like, that's kind of stuff that I listen to a lot, and Mason really listens to a lot of Neil Young and Bob right. Dylan. Right, So, just kind of overarching roots folk okay. background, yeah. Well, and I guess you have a lot of storytelling-type lyrics, too, in some of the songs. That's what yeah. you were just saying, right, from that kind of, uh, mm-hmm. exactly. that kind of background. So, now that the, the CD is out and you've, you know, you've done your release show and everything, what is the plan going forward? Do you have new material you're already working on, or are you... <laughs> I've been writing a bunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll have some new tunes to be working on soon as a band. Um, we have kind of a funny history or way of working together, where we tend to like not get together, and then we'll book a show, and then we we'll, like madly practice. Right, because you have an actual goal yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but something we've been trying to get on board with doing for a while is just like regularly practicing okay. and just to work on new material. Yeah, when, you know, and w- when we started out as a band, like, we would get together, like, pretty much every every Sunday night or yeah. every Monday night, you know, like, yeah. pretty pretty regularly. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest challenge as a band, and, and I think everybody in the band would agree, is, is scheduling. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, like, and, and you know, and unfortunately, um, you would think having, you know, like, professional musicians would... would uh, would be a, a big asset, but in terms of scheduling, you know, like it's a nightmare. Yeah, I bet, I bet. the Winnipeg Symphony has a show every Friday night, every right. Saturday night, every Saturday afternoon. You know, and those are all times that people want to book bands, right? It's usually, weekend and as much work. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so, so in that respect, it makes it, uh, it it's made it difficult for us to, uh, you know, to to be able to do gigs all together as a band. Sure. Um, you know, and and a bunch of us are are all free during the day. You know, like it's just the way our schedule is going to work. Yeah. Except Mason, who you know works as a barber, right. cutting hair in the day. Right. You know, so and by the sounds of things, he's a fairly essential member of the band. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so it it, does, it makes it really difficult. Uh, you know, trying to 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 schedule time in. Uh, and yeah, I mean the, the most successful way I think is when you know when we. Do finally get together. We all sit down with our calendars and find those <laughs> right. those holes where you know. And if if one person can't make it, you know, sometimes we'll just go ahead and and and, and do it with the rest of the band. But. Well, part of the reason I asked about the uh, kind of what's next thing is because a lot of bands I've had on here. Uh, especially if they've been working on the project for a long time, whether it's an album that took a couple of years to put together or whatever, they have often told me that they feel like those songs are now so old and not necessarily representative of. The sound that they're either currently have or wanting to have—is there anything like that with you guys? Do you think that maybe things have, again, because you mentioned bluegrass isn't really necessarily the descriptor anymore, right? So have things kind of moved on from those early songs, or are you still fully in that mode? Well, I think it would depend who you asked in our band. Okay. <laughs> because um, I think for myself and a number of us, we want to keep making music of the style. Okay. And I know the songs that I've written that I'd like to work on are in the same vein, with the same kind of instrumentation. Okay. Um, 
Mason wants to do more electric stuff. He right. wants to move us into that direction, which we're not as comfortable with. Right, as you mentioned earlier, the acoustic stuff. Every yeah, yeah. now and then he'll, he'll try and sneak electric guitar yeah. in the rehearsal, and we're like, no. <laughs> so he's actually got a side project of his own. Okay. He's doing okay. Now. And it's great, you know. Yeah. Like I, you know, I certainly have encouraged him to, you know, to explore that, you know, that outlet right. and do some solo stuff. And uh, and it's what's what's amazing is, you know, one of the well, the the tune that he wrote on our album. Um, he re-recorded re uh, a little bit later, okay, uh, in sort of his, you know, an electric version of it. Yeah, uh, and it was definitely, I think, awesome. more what what he conceived of. Right, and right. It's, yeah, it sounds it sounds great. You That's know? cool. Like yeah. it's, and it's really neat to hear, you know, to hear um, a completely different version of the same tune. Right. Than uh, what you guys came up with as a that, unit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which yeah. is actually cool. amazing at that. He does that with <laughs> some of our other songs. Oh, really? Like we do, actually, the song I've Been Waiting on the album okay. that we recorded that we're singing as a duet. Right. That one is like a cover of a song that I wrote. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. Yeah, I originally wrote it in three, four time, like as a woman only song. Okay. And, and then he took the... And he was like, let's do this. It totally changed it. That's and cool. it's so cool. That's neat. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and he really sort of did take, you know, one of Zori's songs and kind of made it, you know, made it his own in, in a, in a, in a in a sort of very different way I never would have thought yeah right, he right. basically I mean I think he was you know he was experimenting a little bit with he'd been playing some some Bob Dylan my my older, my older brother right away you know when he heard this sort of Travis picking yeah uh, at the beginning is like oh that sounds like Bob Dylan such and such whatever the tune is yeah yeah, um, yeah. and uh, yeah and that's I think basically sort of where where it came from you know he he then took this song and took it from being in three four and put it into four four and cool. and it's really beautiful I mean it really it really works uh, really well, but um, yeah, but you know, definitely he's uh, he has you know very different interests. I think from from I think what we sort of initially sort of conceived, right? Um, and and I think it's good because it, it it pushes us you know in different directions. And you know, if we don't want to entirely go in that direction, you know, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think it's good too because like we all have. Lots of different types of music that we're interested in. You right. Know? You know, just so, completely obsessed with the one thing only. Yeah, yeah. none of us is like, hey, fever only all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's nice too because and, it gives us some space. One, two, three, four.
concerns initially was you know like is it um is there enough sort of holding this together as an right. album because they're all you know like there's so much variety mm-hmm. um but i think it i think it does hold together even with that variety because for one you know like we're we're not really you know uh changing instruments it's all acoustic yeah uh and um so yeah so i mean it's it's uh, i think it's great that we have that much variety um, on you know on basically eight tunes yeah um, and and somehow it still kind of holds together as an album that's cool well it's funny that you mentioned that too because um, it almost seems like having a variety of styles within one album is beneficial now because the way a lot of pe- younger people especially listen to music where they just pick up individual songs only yeah. and they don't actually listen to something as a full concept whether you know uh, I think they should <laughs> but I'm a Luddite and I don't <laughs> <laughs> I've not embraced the streaming stuff, but um, yeah, like it's, it's it's nice that you can have something that works as a a full you know start to finish album. But then if someone wants to take it piecemeal and, and pick it apart, you, they can get different things from each. Yeah, abso- absolutely. I mean, I don't think that we, I don't know that we naturally. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't think that we sort of picked eight tunes that we thought would would make a great album. I think it was like, oh, let's do this, let's put this tune on. Right, our favorites. We just sort of took, you know, like our, our, I think, eight of our favorite tunes. Okay. And, uh, you know, and tried to get something that kind of balanced. Cool. um, Yeah, I think Grant, our producer, Grant Siemens, pulled it together. Okay. (laughs) Because even when we recorded a demo a few years ago of, I guess it would have been like four or five tunes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of which we also did on this album. Oh, cool. Okay. Um... And that, like, those all sounded very different, and we had a too wide a range. You know, that could never have possibly been made into a album. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it was great to work with Grant, kind of, like, streamlined everything and okay. made it a little bit more homogenous. Right. Just enough. Yeah, 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 I think so, yeah. What kind of response have you had to the album so far? We've had a really good response. It's been really cool, actually, getting messages and emails from people all over the world that's awesome who yeah. are like oh my god i live in you know 
Oklahoma or I live in Australia. Right. I love your band. When are you playing a show here? Like, <laughs> Bring us out. Right. <laughs> well, I guess that's another thing that's hard to do because of the scheduling thing, though, right? I mean, yeah. you know, obviously going to Australia is probably far in the future. Well, but... we talked, you know, we talked at one point about, you know, about doing a little, even a rural tour. Yeah. And, you know, and then we sat there with our schedules right. and it was like, yeah. you know, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm wide open in, in July and someone else, well, I'm actually out of town for right. the entire month of right. July. And right. It's like, oh, if we could do something in October. I'm like, I have no time in October. Got one show in clear yeah. like this summer. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. At least you figured one out. Okay. <laughs> well, that's actually, I mean, if you could ever get the schedules <laughs> to work properly, uh, the rural stuff, I mean, there's so many festivals and things that, oh. Oh, yeah. You guys would be perfect for it. I mean, they'll eat that yeah. stuff up. Well, this is, you know, like, and I've, I've said, um, I've said to our band uh, a number of times that, you know, like, each, you know, all these little communities have, you know, like the Thresherman's Reunion yep. Yep. or, you know, or the Morden. Corn Apple Festival. Corn Apple Festival. There's the Rodeo down in, is it Morris? Morris is Rodeo, yeah. You know, and, and all of these, you know, are, are, are festivals where it's really sort of geared towards, you know, like country living and, yep. you know, and, and I think our music would, would really, uh, would really fit, you know, well I think so, yeah. stuff. And so for me, part of the, the, the impetus for doing, um, doing an album was so that we could really sort of soup up our package, you know, right. and, and, go to you, know, and go you have on. a calling card, I guess, right? Say, yeah, hey, this exactly. is where, yeah, you yeah. know, because people don't really take you seriously as a band. Uh, when you don't have a when you don't have an album, you know. Right, they don't know who you are. You could, anyone can say that. That's band, right. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, I really wanted to to have something that we would be able to present. You know that, you know, down the road, yeah. able to get some gigs and uh, and uh, and yeah. So I guess that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Not, it is happening. We got that call from oh, some. I can't remember which community it is now. Some barn raising type. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, I um I worked for when I was about nineteen twenty years old. I worked for a newspaper in uh, Verdun, Manitoba, and uh, they have a big old opera house there. It's a beautiful theater. Yeah, they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And anytime anyone came through, the entire town would come out to see it. And like, yeah. it, I think every little town has something like that around yeah, there. It's exactly. just everyone goes because there's a show. It doesn't matter who it is. You just need to be playing the right kind of music to get booked, right? And then everyone everyone just goes. Yeah, yeah so, that's right. Yeah. That's cool. You know the audio. Yeah, it's a great, great theater. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful theater. Yeah, it's a yeah. beautiful yeah. little yeah. theater. Unexpected, unexpected. When I moved there, I was there for about a year and a half, and uh, yeah, I had no idea. And then I went in there once. <laughs> this is well, opera house. Like WSO has actually done a couple of shows there. Oh really? The, the stage is a little. It's small. It's, yeah. it's very small, yeah. and, and in fact, uh, I don't know if this is a story I should be telling, <laughs> but uh, but I'm going to tell it anyways. The the uh, to get all of the the all of the violins onto stage, they yeah. basically had to have you know, like half a dozen of them basically in the wings right. where nobody could even see right. them. And so at one point during the, the show, one of the guys in the back of the section just kind of dropped his pants, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a way of sort of, you know, showing like, yeah. you know, like, doesn't matter. it really doesn't matter. Nobody can see me. Yeah, That's hilarious. Very funny. <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> Telling his secrets. Um, if, if someone has never heard you before and they're hearing you for the first time in the show, what is the best thing for them to do to find out more information or hear more of your music? Um, well, they can hit up our website, which is hayfeverband.com. Okay. Um, or they can go on Facebook and find us, Hay Fever. Yeah. The only problem with our band name is that if you Google Hay Fever, I, even Hay Fever Band, I did. you come up with all kinds of medical <laughs> I did. I did it. I did exactly. Noel Coward. Yeah. What's his name? Noel uh, 
there's a there's a play. Okay, it's called Hay Fever. Yeah, called, okay. called Hay yeah. Fever. So. I did Google. I did Google you, and yeah, it's just medical pages and yes. pages of medical. Stuff. <laughs> I had to include Winnipeg in there, and it worked, but kind of. But <laughs> it takes yeah. a while to find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good name though, but <laughs> except for the googling part. But yeah. yeah what do you think about that? Yeah. We named it. So okay, so the album is uh, obviously available when you play shows. I would imagine. Yes. And where else can people pick it up? Is it? Um, um, in any stores or anything yet? It or? will be at McNally and Into the Music. Okay, cool. It's not yet, but it should be by the time this airs. Awesome. Um, and it's available online for purchase on iTunes or CD Baby. Cool. Okay. And is there anything uh, coming up in the next few months that you want to plug, or should people just kind of stick to your social media and watch for what's happening? Yeah, if they just take a, uh, a look on our Facebook page and our website, we update it. Semi-regularly, cool. anything good coming up. Right, awesome, okay. <laughs> awesome, okay, well, if anyone wants to hear more episodes of this show, you can go to witchpolice.com, click on podcasts, and there's, by this point, probably 280-some episodes there. You can go through the whole archive. Um, it's there until I eventually stop doing this and take it all down, but it's there in perpetuity, basically. Uh, you can also tune into UMFM on Sundays at midnight, and those are older episodes that sort of get a second wind uh, a few months after the fact, so by the time this comes out on UMFM, the album will be available in stores and it'll be up for a long time so you should be able to pick it up uh, hopefully right away after you finish listening to this that's right sounds good awesome well thanks a lot for having me and yeah uh, people should definitely check out the record this is very good You were born.